0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are continuing our examination of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the sixth chapter, and Jesus is speaking. Chapter 5, 6, 7, Jesus teaching, teaching his disciples, teaching the crowd. We call it in the religious vernacular, the Sermon on the Mount. But he's just teaching folks. He's just sitting down and sharing with folks. We've covered verses 5 through 8. I want to go back, well, verses 5 through 7 then. And and I want us to go back and reread those as we go forward. Okay, You'll see why. Jesus is going to show them how to pray. Verse 5, he says this, When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8, so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, verse 9, pray then in this way. So Jesus says this, He says, pray in this way, and He's going to give them an outline, he's going to give them some understanding as to how they should pray. Now, I've mentioned before, but it bears repeating, that this is Jesus giving them a model, an outline for how to pray. It is often called the Lord's Prayer, okay? But this is not the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord's model for how to pray, The actual place where the Lord is praying, okay, is uh, John 17, his high priestly prayer for his disciples and for those who would become disciples. But this is what Jesus says in verse 9. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, uh, you know, I've sort of thought, well, how are we going to approach this? Do we just read this and move on because it's so familiar to a lot of us? Or do we really sort of drill down and go blow by blow with each thing? And I, I think both, would be, both extremes would be a little uh, less than what we do in this format. So uh, I just want you to get the basics of what's happening here. There's entire books. I've got several books, as a matter of fact, uh, that are about this model of prayer right here. But just look at what he says. He starts off with, Our Father, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, be your name. Now again, got to be careful because the spirit of familiarity will rob us of just what the Lord may want to say to us right now. Just, just stop for a moment and just think about this. If you, I mean, if you have to, pause our time together right here. But he literally calls uh, from the very beginning, declares our father. Jesus acknowledges there is a father and it's a father of our our, okay? O-U-R. Our Father is the Father who is in heaven. And Jesus acknowledges that the Most High God is His Father, and that Father is in heaven. So Jesus is showing them that the first thing you do is that you declare that you're speaking to and you're acknowledging that God is your Father and that He is the one that is in heaven. And you declare His name to be hallowed, to be holy to be sanctified, to be consecrated, his name. And all through the scripture you see that there's power in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is, is what defines the Lord. Remember when uh, Moses says to God, I said, well, who should I say sends me? And God says, tell me, I am that I am sent me, because he wanted to know a name. And God wouldn't give a name per se, But all through the scripture, he reveals himself, okay? Reveals his character, reveals how he is and how he functions by his roles and what he does and by his names. He is our provider, okay? He is our shield. He's our buckler. There's just terms after terms after term. And so Jesus is saying from the beginning, hey, acknowledge that it's the most high God that you're speaking to and declare him to be holy. Now, it's not... From the perspective of that, the whole world will know it. Okay, that's fine, but you are acknowledging it. You are acknowledging that He is your Father. You are acknowledging that He is holy and that He's your Lord. Then Jesus says in verse 10, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, Hey, pray to the Most High God, realize that He is your Father. And call for his kingdom to come. Remember, kingdom means what? The king's domain, the king's reign. Call for that. Say, Lord, I want your reign to be done in my life. I want your kingdom in your life. I want what you want. Your will be done. And I want your will to be done here on earth, even as your will is done in heaven where you are right now. Because where he is seated right now, his will is done. But I want that same will to be done here. Then verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. So Jesus is acknowledging uh, the things that we often pray for and the things that are on our heart and on our mind. There's actually very few of us that uh, cry out for daily bread. The fact that we need food today and I have no food and I have nothing to eat, Lord, I need food today. A lot of people in the world are like that. Most of mankind has been like that through the generations. But Jesus is saying what? Ask the Father, ask him to bring forth your daily food, your daily bread, your daily need. Sadly, most times when we pray for this, most are praying for their daily greed rather than their daily need. Verse 12, he says this, And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And he's saying, you know, forgive what is owed here. And it does carry the idea of a legal obligation and of a debt, okay? There's no doubt about that. But it has the bigger idea of our transgressions, the things that we've done. Lord, forgive us this in the same way that we forgive others that have transgressed against us. (laughs) There's a line for you to think about, right? How would you like it if the Lord forgave you in the same way that you have forgiven others? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So what's this saying to us? It's saying that we need to forgive. We need to forgive. And so if we sit there and we hold all animosity against somebody, and yet we're asking the most high God to forgive us, yeah, that's not going to work. Now the last verse for the day, verse 13, is actually the closing of the prayer. And do not lead us into, tem- into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The prayer is that the Lord will deliver us from evil. Okay, delivers. The Lord will not tempt us to sin. Okay? The Lord will not tempt us to sin. But uh, the idea behind this is that that word temptation actually is translated an, an experiment, a temptation, a trial, a testing. The Lord will test us. Okay, He will allow things to come that way, and so what we're praying is, Lord, you know, really keep us from these times of how the enemy would come against us to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, protect us in the midst of it, and that's the reason He follows this follows uh, follows it up with, deliver us from this evil. So Jesus gives them, and remember, this is He's just teaching sitting on the side of a hill. He's teaching his disciples, the ones that are learning. Okay, some would walk away later. Okay? The ones that are learning. He's teaching the crowds because the crowd is let's see what this guy has to say. And he's showing that group of people how to pray to the Father. How much more those of us who have received the transformed life. How much more should we pray in like manner. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.